Chapter 9 of Discourses on the First Decade of Titus Livius, Book 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jennifer Painter. Discourses on the First Decade of Titus Livius, Book 2, by Niccolo Machiavelli. Translated by Ninian Hill Thompson. Chapter 9. Of the causes which commonly give rise to wars between states. The occasion which led to war between the Romans and Samnites, who for long had been in league with one another, is of common occurrence in all powerful states, being either brought about by accident, or else purposely contrived by someone who would set war afoot. As between the Romans and the Samnites, the occasion of war was accidental. For in making war upon the Sidicinians and afterwards on the Campanians, the Samnites had no thought of involving themselves with the Romans. But the Campanians being overpowered, and contrary to the expectation of Romans and Samnites alike resorting to Rome for aid, the Romans, on whose protection they threw themselves, were forced to succour them as dependents, and to accept a war which, it seemed to them, they could not with honour decline. For though they might have thought it unreasonable to be called on to defend the Campanians as friends against their own friends, the Samnites, it seemed to them shameful not to defend them as subjects, or as a people who had placed themselves under their protection. For they reasoned that to decline their defence would close the gate against all others who at any future time might desire to submit themselves to their power. And, accordingly, since glory and empire, and not peace, were the ends which they always had in view, it became impossible for them to refuse this protectorship. A similar circumstance gave rise to the first war with the Carthaginians, namely, the protectorate assumed by the Romans of the citizens of Messina in Sicily, and this likewise came about by chance. But the second war with Carthage was not the result of chance, for Hannibal, the Carthaginian general, attacked the Saguntans, who were the friends of Rome in Spain, not from any desire to injure them, but in order to set the arms of Rome in motion, and so gain an opportunity engaging the Romans in a war and passing on into Italy. This method of picking a quarrel is constantly resorted to by powerful states when they are bound by scruples of honour or like considerations. For if I desire to make war on a prince with whom I am under an ancient and binding treaty, I shall find some colour or pretext for attacking the friend of that prince very well knowing that when I attack his friend, either the prince will resent it, when my scheme for engaging him in war will be realised, or that, should he not resent it, his weakness or baseness in not defending one who is under his protection will be made apparent, either of which alternatives will discredit him and further my designs. We are to note, therefore, in connection with this submission of the Campanians, 
what has just now been said as to provoking another power to war, and also the remedy open to a state which, being unequal to its own defense. That you are talking about today? There's always a segment of that population because that's man's nature. There you go. And that is my point. That, but that, but you now no, do not interject your point in my in my in my closing. I'm good. I that's my point. Yours. I don't have to say nothing. I rest my case. But you had already rested your case. No, you're talking so about black women. Your you're talking about black women, and I just wanted to know: uh, Are you walking around here thinking all black women are going crazy, or do you realize both entities exist during the same time? Because this generalization of black women, this, and they're doing that. And they no, the ones that you're talking about is they're on Instagram. It's a high, I'm sorry, it's a high number. Because when I go on Instagram, you can't tell me to hold on. When I go on Instagram, I don't look for degenerative black women. Apparently, when you go on Instagram, you're looking for them. Because I don't spend my time looking for people that misrepresent my race. So when I speak about my race, I have great things to say. I tell you about great things that black women do because I don't spend my time looking for ratchet black women. Let me tell you something and let me finish, please, this time because. Maybe it's where you start. You've gotten be. out all of your points, and I've been amazingly respectful. Amazingly. It might, it might be where you're searching, my brother. So I'm just giving you, because you talked about your mother, so I wanted to bring my mother here so we can let people see the dichotomy, so they can see how diametrically opposed we may be in view. So you struck a chord in me talking about your mother, and I wanted to strike a chord in you talking about mine. So we are probably very interesting to the world because our stories, <laughs> as it relate to our mothers particularly, is so very unique. Well, isn't it strange, though, if you think about it? Your mother left. You love black women. My mother stayed. I love black women. The way that we approach it is completely different. Mm -hmm. I do not believe you can spare the rod and raise a child that is correct. And as far as this goes, my view of women is less than mentally. I had a woman on the show today, a young woman, and she came on the show, beautiful young woman, was telling the world how much she loved me and how my, my videos changed her life, but she's 20. And you know, you and I grew up and people always said, women mature faster than men. You remember, you remember hearing that? I heard that. <laughs> well, it's completely false, but because if you talk to a 20-year-old female versus a 20-year-old male, you will realize how childish the 20-year-old female sounds versus the 20-year-old male. Why? Because the 20-year-old male has already been faced with a lifetime of obstacles to get over. He's been told he's not good enough to play football, not good enough to play basketball, not handsome enough to Chapter 2 of Discourses on the First Decade of Titus Livius Book 2 This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org.
Recording by Merendo 07 Discourses on the First Decade of Titus Livius Book 2 by Niccolo Machiavelli Translated by Ninian Hill Thompson Chapter 2 With what nations the Romans had to contend and how stubborn these were in defending their freedom. In subduing the countries round about them and certain of the more distant provinces, nothing gave the Romans so much trouble as the love which in those days many nations bore to freedom, defending it with such obstinacy as could not have been overcome save by a surpassing valor. For we know by numberless instances what perils these nations were ready to face in their efforts to maintain or recover their freedom and what vengeance they took against those who deprived them of it. We know too from history what hurt a people or city suffers from servitude. And though at the present day there is but one province which can be said to contain within it free cities, we find that formerly these abounded everywhere. For we learn that in the ancient times of which I speak, from the mountains which divide Tuscany from Lombardy down to the extreme point of Italy, there dwelt numerous free nations, such as the Etruscans, the Romans and the Samnites, besides many others in other parts of the peninsula. Nor do we ever read of there being any kings over them, except those who reigned in Rome, and Porsena, king of Etruria. How the line of this last-named prince came to be extinguished, history does not inform us, but it is clear that at the time when the Romans went to besiege Vei, Etruria was free, and so greatly rejoiced in her freedom, and so detested the regal name, that when the Veientines, who for their defense had created a king in Vei, sought aid from the Etruscans against Rome, these, after much deliberation, resolved to lend them no help while they continued to live under a king, judging it useless to defend a country given over to servitude by its inhabitants. It is easy to understand whence this love of liberty arises among nations, for we know by experience that states have never signally increased, either as to dominion or wealth, except where they have lived under free government. And truly, it is strange to think to what a pitch of greatness Athens came during the hundred years after she had freed herself from the despotism of Pisistratus, and far stranger to contemplate the marvelous growth which Rome made after freeing herself from her kings. The cause, however, is not far to seek, since it is the well-being not of individuals but of the community which makes a state great, and without question, this universal well-being is nowhere secured save in a republic. For a republic will do whatsoever makes for its interest, and though its measures prove hurtful to this man or to that, there are so many whom they benefit that these are able to carry them out in spite of the resistance of the few whom they injure. But the contrary happens in the case of a prince, for, as a rule, what helps him hurts the state, and what helps the state hurts him, so that whenever a tyranny springs up in a city which has lived free, the least evil which can befall that city is to make no further progress, nor ever increase in power or wealth, but in most cases, if not in all, it will be its fate to go back. Or should there chance to arise in it some able tyrant who extends his dominions by his valor and skill in arms, the advantage which results is to himself only and not to the state, since he can bestow no honors on those of the citizens over whom he tyrannizes who have shown themselves good. That might be um, a difference. Oh, so it, it, might, it, might number one. it might be slow then. Yeah. No, no, number one, but number two,
you ended it by saying us and we speaking for the larger collective while telling me apparently I wasn't supposed to at the end. And you also spoke again in the middle at the beginning of your Asian rant and said we when I've never referred to an Asian as an Oriental or Mongoloid, but you were able to say we, and I didn't stop you or address it because I understood the point of what you were making. But let's move on to the bigger point, which is you said I speak on a negative side and I only bring up the negatives. That's because I thought we were supposed to be talking about one side says, the Cowboys is the best team in football and the other side says, no, they're not. So if you talk to the side that says the Cowboys is the best team in football, they're going to tell you why. If you talk to the other guy, he's going to tell you why not. I don't need a long dialogue or I don't need to insult you. I just say what was said. I'll move on. <laughs> Away, that was it. Okay, great. I wouldn't. I didn't expect you to have much to say. So this worked out great for both of us. So, um, if sarcasm helps you win a debate, you won. Man, I mean, I mean, brother, you speak more when you're cutting me off than that white man's dick all day. <laughs> Nobody says a word about this bitch. She's goddess. Let it be a chocolate ghetto gaggers where niggas is just sucking dick or eating pussy all day. They'd have a problem with that shit. Again, you got scandal. Black bitch getting fucked by the president for 19 seasons in a row. Black bitches can't get enough. This shit been running longer than the Simpsons. This shit been on longer than Sports Center. Black bitch gets fucked by president. How many terms this white man get? Shit. But she fucking this white man. It's the number one show. Name a show where a black man get to run around with a white bitch and it's number one. Name it. If Scandal was a black president with a white bitch fucking around on his black wife, guess what would have happened? The motherfucker would have been canceled when the pilot came out. Tell me I'm lying. You've never heard of a black woman get boycotted for dating outside of her race. Never. But you have, and you've seen white black women who were prominent, who got in front of television, like Kay Michelle, and said that white men were a better option, and she still didn't get excoriated for this. Let a black man say this. Communities, I've seen a common union. I actually see your supporters up there in bulk, and my supporters over here in bulk. I actually seen that at some point, and I thought that was so cool. It was nice when they was like, hey, the brothers build and stuff like that. It's yeah. the jackasses in the middle that ruin any kind of building that you do. Every time it's a so-and-so v. so-and-so and they're just degrading each other and calling each other, you got that cracker in you and stupid shit like that, they eat that up. So I, re I choose to remove myself from people that are stupid like that. 
These people are openly, and the reason I record stuff like this is to just let the world see. Right. We have one group of coons who have a certain amount of respect for the people they disagree with. And the so-called pro-blacks and conscious community are ruthless in their idea towards other blacks. I mean, they're ruthless. My daughter, my mom, and all these people got it because they don't like me. I'd assume I should get it. But the other people, because you don't like me, and then you wonder why other races would treat blacks like that, it would make perfect sense. You cannot get mad at white people for talking about blacks this way when blacks talk about blacks this way. And it don't be over big shit. I ain't killed nobody. I ain't robbed nobody. Mm. They disagree with my stance. Mm. And this is the vitriol. Imagine what they would get if I did kill somebody. Oh, wait, if I had beat up Tyreek, they'd have told me I was real. To tax me, tax me. And of course, we got stocks and blondes. Check out stocks and blondes. Let's see how that works. Are you saying blondes? Yep. Yep, stocks and blondes. So check that out. Pretty dope book. Okay. Um, do your thing. Iambrotherpolite.com. Also download the app. Brother Polite, P-O-L-I-J-H-T is an acronym, pride, optimism, love, integrity, gallant, honesty, and trust. P-O-L-I-G-H-T. Download the Brother Polite app. Like our page on facebook.com forward slash Brother Polite. Email us if you're interested in doing any of the things that are inclusive of our NCSD program, New Covenant Special Defense, firearms training, getting a legal firearm, all of that. That's NCSD organized with a D at the end, organized. NCSD, New Covenant Special Defense, NCSD, organized at gmail.com. Go ahead, my brother. Uh, please let them know where they can find you, uh, what events or uh, sessions or services you provide. Just let them know how they can support you or contribute to what you do. Everything I do can be found at SotomayorTV.com. That's S-O-T-O-M-A-Y-O-R-T-V.com. Seek it and you shall find it. Um, my stuff is just there. It's word of mouth. So if you run into some of my stuff and it bothers you, you should probably... You got the actual mic to speak on your own behalf. So that tells me everything I need to know about this debate. So we'll move on like you said. This is what we'll do. So we'll move on like you said. You speak more when you cut me off. You speak less when you have the floor to yourself. It tells me everything I need to know. It's going exactly as I planned. It's everything I expected and even more. <laughs> so let's talk to you about, let's get back on this black woman. We kind of was talking about the black community, but this still, by all means, I want people to understand this still deals with the black woman. This is just so many layers of dealing with the black woman that we had to actually divulge into these different conversations. I know family, I, I'm, I am taking it easy on her. Don't worry about it. Because I actually, I actually like Tommy. I know y'all don't like Tommy, but I, I actually am very fond of Tommy. And with some work, 
we're going to have him on our side. I know y'all ain't going to want him, but he coming over to the dark side. <clears throat> or as some say, crispy side. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's coming over to the dark side. You feel me? Dark is a very beautiful thing in my world. But anyway, the black woman. Let's get to the core issue here. Because you said they're irresponsible. That's what I want to go to. You said the black woman is irresponsible and a host of other things that I would like you to add on to. What I was... Preface of Discourses on the First Decade of Titus Livius, Book 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Mirendo 07 Discourses on the First Decade of Titus Livius, Book 2 by Niccolo Machiavelli Translated by Ninian Hill Thompson Preface Men do always, but not always with reason, commend the past and condemn the present, and are so much the partisans of what has been as not merely to cry up those times which are known to them only from the records left by historians, but also, when they grow old, to extol the days in which they remember their youth to have been spent. And although this preference of theirs be in most instances a mistaken one, I can see that there are many causes to account for it chief of which I take to be that in respect of things long gone by, we perceive not the whole truth, those circumstances that would detract from the credit of the past being for the most part hidden from us, while all that gives it luster is magnified and embellished. For the generality of writers render this tribute to the good fortune of conquerors, that to make their achievements seem more splendid, they not merely exaggerate the great things they have done, but also lend such a color to the actions of their enemies that anyone born afterwards, whether in the conquering or in the conquered country, has cause to marvel at these men and these times, and is constrained to praise and love them beyond all others. Again, men being moved to hatred either by fear or envy, these two most powerful causes of dislike are cancelled in respect of things which are past, because what is past can neither do us hurt nor afford occasion for envy. The contrary, however, is the case with the things we see and in which we take part, for in these, from our complete acquaintance with them, no part of them being hidden from us, we recognize, along with much that is good, much that displeases us, and so are forced to pronounce them far inferior to the old, although in truth they deserve far greater praise and admiration. I speak not here of what relates to the arts, which have such distinction inherent in them, that time can give or take from them but little of the glory which they merit of themselves. I speak of the lives and manners of men, touching which the grounds for judging are not so clear. I repeat then that it is true that this habit of blaming and praising obtains, but not always true that it is wrong applied. For sometimes it will happen that this judgment is just, because as human affairs are in constant movement, it must be that they either rise or fall. Wherefore, we may see a city or province furnished with free institutions by some great and wise founder, flourish for a while through his merits, and advance steadily on the path of improvement. 
anyone born therein at that time would be in the wrong to praise the past more than the present, and his error would be occasioned by the causes already noticed. But anyone born afterwards in that city or province when the time has come for it to fall away from its former felicity would not be mistaken in praising the past. When I consider how this happens, I am persuaded that the world, remaining continually the same, has in it a constant quantity of good and evil, but that this good and this evil shift about from one country to another, as we know that in ancient times empires shifted from one nation to another, according as the manners of these nations changed, the world as a whole continuing as before, and the only difference being that, whereas at first Assyria was made the seat of its excellence, this was afterwards placed in Medea, then in Persia, until at last it was transferred to... <clears throat> like I said, it sounds good, but you're dealing with a different phenomenon, my brother. This is not ego talking, this is absolute logic. I can understand why so many people ship sink when they talk to you. You're very good at what you do. You're very intelligent, you're very articulate. I like how you have the tones going up and down. You exegete very well, my brother. <clears throat> Unfortunately, you are in the lion's den. So there's no way we could distinguish truly amongst everybody that is in our chat rooms. For all I know, some of your faithful following would come over and put my mother's name and address in there? Yeah. Oh, some of your faithful following are trolls. So for all I know, some of your faithful following, before they had the opportunity to troll you on your platform, they may have realized you was here on my platform and didn't realize the good job that we did merging the two. Had they known this, they would have probably been trolling you on your platform. So there's so many, there's a variation of reasons why some people may be in my section talking negative, but this is beyond the chat room. And I don't want us to deflect and start looking at the chat. No, we need to get back to the point, which was black women. And that's why that's when you say address it in reverse, that was the last. Oh, wait, if I had killed a nigga or had been in jail for robbing a nigga, then I was real. That's what's so bad. If I came on here and just tried to insult the shit out of you, I might've won some points. I can't play that game because it would be me being the exact same thing that I'm trying to rail against. The one thing that I talk about, which makes them call me gay is saying that black men have to build first. We cannot build on a matriarchy. I don't believe you can. I believe that brother. That's why I don't, I try to stay close to brothers like you. I don't try to be mad at Umar. I don't even try to be mad at Tyreek after all this fucking shit. <laughs> because if they speak, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just saying, like, I look at it this way. Why do you think it's always women in the midst of men fighting? Mm. Ask any question you want to about me. Talk about me all you want. But somebody got to say, why is it always a bunch of women whenever they're two black dudes fighting? 
Why is it that you can look on any website and when you see two black kids fighting, they mama sitting right there saying, do it, do it. We're the only race of people where our women are encouraging the battle instead of trying to break it up. Everywhere else you'll see some black woman say, guys, stop it. Not us. All right. Chapter one of Discourses on the First Decade of Titus Livius, book two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Morendo 07. Discourses on the First Decade of Titus Livius, book two by Niccolo Machiavelli. Translated by Ninian Hill Thompson. Chapter 1. Whether the empire acquired by the Romans was more due to valor or to fortune. Many authors, and among others, that most grave historian Plutarch, have thought that in acquiring their empire, the Romans were more beholden to their good fortune than to their valor. And besides other reasons which they give for this opinion, they affirm it to be proved by the admission of the Romans themselves since their having erected more temples to fortune than to any other deity shows that it was to her that they ascribed their success. It would seem too that Titus Livius was of the same mind since he very seldom puts a speech into the mouth of any Roman in which he discourses of valor wherein he does not also make mention of fortune. This, however, is an opinion with which I can in no way concur and which, I take it, cannot be made good. For if no commonwealth has ever been found to grow like the Roman, it is because none was ever found so well fitted by its institutions to make that growth. For by the valor of her armies she spread her empire, while by her conduct of affairs and by other methods peculiar to herself and devised by her first founder, she was able to keep what she acquired, as shall be fully shown in many of the following discourses. The writers to whom I have referred assert that it was owing to their good fortune and not to their prudence that the Romans never had two great wars on their hands at once, as, for instance, that they waged no wars with the Latins until they had not merely overcome the Samnites, but undertook in their defense the war on which they then entered, nor ever fought with the Etruscans until they had subjugated the Latins and had almost worn out the Samnites by frequent defeats. Whereas, had any two of these powers, while yet fresh and unexhausted, united together, it may easily be believed that the ruin of the Roman Republic must have followed. But to whatsoever cause we ascribe it, it never so chanced that the Romans engaged in two great wars at the same time. On the contrary, it always seemed as though, on the breaking out of one war, another was extinguished, or that on the termination of one, another broke out. And this we may plainly see from the order in which their wars succeeded one another. For omitting those waged by them before their city was taken by the Gauls, we find that during their struggle with the Equians and the Volscians, and while these two nations continued strong, no others rose against them. On these being subdued, there broke out the war with the Samnites, and although before the close of that contest the Latin nations had begun to rebel against Rome, Nevertheless, when their rebellion came to a head, the Samnites were in league with Rome and helped her with their army to quell the presumption of the rebels, on whose defeat the war with Samnium was renewed. When the strength of Samnium had been drained by repeated reverses, there followed the war with the Etruscans, 
which ended, the Samnites were once more stirred to activity by the coming of Paris into Italy. When he too had been defeated and sent back to Greece, Rome entered on her first war with the Carthaginians, which was no sooner over than all the Gallic nations on both sides of the Alps combined against the Romans, by whom, in the battle fought between Populonia and Pisa, where now stands the fortress of San Vincenzo, they were at last routed with tremendous slaughter. This war ended, for twenty years together the Romans were engaged in no contest of importance, their only adversaries being the Ligurians and... Going into earlier <clears throat> was the fact that as men, we also have to consider, because we're talking about black women now, as men, we also have to consider the amount of trauma that a lot of these sisters go through because they are more likely to be molested. And this is not that I'm not concerned with the young black men that get molested. It's only because this particular scenario, this particular forum is has been consecrated to speaking about the black woman, which we see we still wind up having to speak about the black community. We still want to have to speak about black men that's how important the black woman is. <clears throat> so, all of this is necessary. I hope you guys are enjoying both sides of our conversation. The black woman has been molested an innumerable amount of times. The black woman is subject to extreme forms of domestic violence. I'm not saying that black men don't. I hate the fact I have to say this, but I just say it anyway, because you got those people that exist and are very insecure. So I got to damn near debate myself and debate the brother here on the platform. The black woman being the subject of much molestation, more than her male counterpart. Extreme physical Speaking to the larger segment of our people, your exact words. That's why you have to talk about the lean. That's why you have, and here we go, owning the negativity. So then you go on to say, when people say Jews, when the Jews refer to themselves, when people talk about Jews, who they talk about? They say the Jews are lawyers. I said, very interesting that Tommy should say that the Jews are lawyers, and people do say Jews are lawyers, or they may even say Jews are accountants, or maybe even landlords. But you know what they're talking about? The progressive Jews amongst the community. And the community is a group of people in a specific environment that are in conformity to the same edicts and have similar attributes. So if we're talking about a community and you say you're speaking to the largest segment, I then ask you again, the largest segment of who? Only the ones doing the wickedness in our community. But if we go to the Jews, you want to pick out the lawyers in their community. So I want to tell you this. Do you know that Jews lead America in oral circumcisions? This is a fact. So why are we calling Jews cocksuckers? Because they are leading the whole fucking country and sucking baby penises.
because it's part of their religion. But will you call them cocksuckers and speak to the largest segment of the people in America that's sucking on baby people? Chapter 2 of Discourses on the First Decade of Titus Livius, Book 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Mirendo 07 Discourses on the First Decade of Titus Livius Book 2 by Niccolo Machiavelli Translated by Ninian Hill Thompson Chapter 2 With what nations the Romans had to contend and how stubborn these were in defending their freedom. In subduing the countries round about them and certain of the more distant provinces, nothing gave the Romans so much trouble as the love which in those days many nations bore to freedom, defending it with such obstinacy as could not have been overcome save by a surpassing valor. For we know by numberless instances what perils these nations were ready to face in their efforts to maintain or recover their freedom and what vengeance they took against those who deprived them of it. We know too from history what hurt a people or city suffers from servitude. And though at the present day there is but one province which can be said to contain within it free cities, we find that formerly these abounded everywhere. For we learn that in the ancient times of which I speak, from the mountains which divide Tuscany from Lombardy down to the extreme point of Italy, there dwelt numerous free nations, such as the Etruscans, the Romans and the Samnites, besides many others in other parts of the peninsula. Nor do we ever read of there being any kings over them, except those who reigned in Rome, and Porsena, king of Etruria. How the line of this last named prince came to be extinguished, history does not inform us, but it is clear that at the time when the Romans went to besiege Vei, Etruria was free, and so greatly rejoiced in her freedom, and so detested the regal name, that when the Veientines, who for their defense had created a king in Vei, sought aid from the Etruscans against Rome, these, after much deliberation, resolved to lend them no help while they continued to live under a king, judging it useless to defend a country given over to servitude by its inhabitants. It is easy to understand whence this love of liberty arises among nations, for we know by experience that states have never signally increased, either as to dominion or wealth, except where they have lived under free government. And truly, it is strange to think to what a pitch of greatness Athens came during the hundred years after she had freed herself from the despotism of Pisistratus, and far stranger to contemplate the marvelous growth which Rome made after freeing herself from her kings. The cause, however, is not far to seek, since it is the well-being not of individuals but of the community which makes a state great, and without question, this universal well-being is nowhere secured save in a republic. For a republic will do whatsoever makes for its interest, and though its measures prove hurtful to this man or to that, there are so many whom they benefit that these are able to carry them out in spite of the resistance of the few whom they injure. But the contrary happens in the case of a prince, for, as a rule, what helps him hurts the state, and what helps the state hurts him, so that whenever a tyranny springs up in a city which has lived free, the least evil which can befall that city is to make no further progress, nor ever increase in power or wealth, 
but in most cases, if not in all, it will be its fate to go back. Or, should there chance to arise in it some able tyrant who extends his dominions by his valor and skill in arms, the advantage which results is to himself only, and not to the state, since he can bestow no honors on those of the citizens over whom he tyrannizes, who have shown themselves good. The name that we could associate with them, and then say, that's black people for you. No, we want to own the degenerates, we want to own the failures, we want to own the drug dealers, but we don't want to own the elite. We don't want to own the successful. But the Jews have cock-sucking galore going on in their community amongst the babies. And the Asians are known for having mongoloidism, Down syndrome, and they refuse to be identified as the worst amongst their kind. But us, we take pride in identifying ourselves as the worst amongst our kind, making you just as bad as the very people you say patronize Black people of their race for their negative music you're doing the same thing in your deliberations only thing you're not rapping you're just conducting dialogue online i hope you understand what i'm saying i see bombs in the chat you ended and, and your comments stop moving because it was the mannequin challenge for your comments they understand still <laughs> Apparently, I'm not looking at the same screen. My comments are moving. <laughs> Maybe it's shit froze. <laughs> no, apparently, apparently, I'm not looking at the same thing because my comments haven't stopped moving. Number one and number two, I put my comments on a 10 second delay. So after they make a comment, they can't speak again for 10 seconds. So they can't um, put like how you put how people can type the same thing over and over and over again and fill up your screen. They can't do that on mine. So that you are talking about today? There's always a segment of that population because that's man's nature. There you go. And that is my point. That but that but you now no do not interject your point in my in my in my closing. I'm good. That's my point. Yours. I don't have to say nothing. I rest my case. But you had already rested your case. No, you're talking so about black women. Point. You're talking about black women. And I just wanted to know. Uh, are you walking around here thinking all black women are going crazy? Or do you realize both entities exist during the same time? Because this generalization of black women this, and they're doing that. And they're, no, the ones that you're talking about, is they're on Instagram. It's a high, I'm sorry, it's a high number. Because when I go on Instagram, you can't tell me to hold on. When I go on Instagram, I don't look for degenerative black women. Apparently, when you go on Instagram, you're looking for them. Because I don't spend my time looking for people that misrepresent my race. So when I speak about my race, I have great things to say. I tell you about great things that black women do because I don't spend my time looking for ratchet black women. Let me tell you something, and let me finish, please, this time, because... Maybe it's where you should. You've gotten out all of your points, and I've been amazingly respectful. Amazingly. It might be where you're searching, my brother. Part 1, Chapter 2 of 
The Kama Sutra by Vatsyayana. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain and is read by Mark Smith of Simpsonville, South Carolina. The Kama Sutra by Vatsyayana. Part 1, Chapter 2. On the Acquisition of Dharma, Artha, and Kama. Man, the period of whose life is one hundred years, should practice Dharma, Artha, and Kama at different times, and in such a manner that they may harmonize together and not clash in any way. He should acquire learning in his childhood, in his youth and middle age he should attend to Artha and Kama, and in his old age he should perform Dharma, and thus seek to gain Moksha, i.e., release from further transmigration. Or, on account of the uncertainty of life, he may practice them at times when they are enjoined to be practiced. But one thing is to be noted. He should lead the life of a religious student until he finishes his education. Dharma is obedience to the command of the Shastra or Holy Writ of the Hindus to do certain things, such as the performance of sacrifices, which are not generally done because they do not belong to this world, and produce no visible effect and not to do other things, such as eating meat, which is often done because it belongs to this world and has visible effects. Dharma should be learnt from the Shruti, Holy Writ, and from those conversant with it. Artha is the acquisition of arts, land, gold, cattle, wealth, equipages, and friends. It is further the protection of what is acquired and the increase of what is protected. Artha should be learnt from the king's officers, and from merchants who may be versed in the ways of commerce. Kama is the enjoyment of appropriate objects by the five senses of hearing, feeling, seeing, tasting, and smelling, assisted by the mind, together with the soul. The ingredient in this is a peculiar contact between the organ of sense and its object, and the consciousness of pleasure which arises from that contact is called Kama. Kama is to be learnt from the Kama Sutra, aphorisms on love, and from the practice of citizens. When all the three, Dharma, Artha, and Kama, come together, the former is better than the one which follows it. That is, Dharma is better than Artha, and Artha is better than Kama. But Artha should be always first practiced by the king, for the livelihood of men is to be obtained from it only. Again, Kama being the occupation of public women, they should prefer it to the other two, and these are exceptions to the general rule. Objection 1. Some learned men say that as Dharma is connected with things not belonging to this world, it is appropriately treated of in a book, and so also is Artha, because it is practiced only by the application of proper means and a knowledge of those means can only be obtained by study and from books. But Kama being a thing which is practiced even by the brute creation, and which is to be found everywhere, does not want any work on the subject. Answer. This is not so. Sexual intercourse, being a thing dependent on man and woman, requires the application of proper means by them, and those means are to be learnt from the Kama Shastra. The non-application of proper means, which we see in the brute creation, is caused by their being unrestrained, and by the females among them only being fit for sexual intercourse at certain seasons and no more, and by their intercourse not being preceded by thought of any kind. 
Objection to the Lokayaktika say religious suggests that we're talking about adults, but you're absolutely right. It doesn't have to be exclusive to adults. So that's my fault. So what I'll do is make it more clear. When I'm talking about domestic violence, I was talking about adult relationships amongst men and women and how women tend to absorb or be afflicted more as far as injury is concerned in scenarios dealing with men and women. So in one instance, I'm talking about children and that's molestation. And in the other instance, which is the female child, enduring more molestation than the male child. And then in the other instance, I'm talking about adult men and women, and where the women, again, get the butt of the joke, figuratively speaking, where she's abused physically or given more harm than in the case of her giving more harm to the man. Now, there's different forms of domestic violence. We can go into the psychology, psychology of that, but I'm talking about physical abuse, affliction, breakage of skin, bones breaking. That kind of information is what I'm talking about. So <clears throat> I'll continue. Males are more likely to experience sexual uh, sexual molestation or sexual violence under the age of 18. Females are more likely to receive it over the 18, age of 18. I guess it's because a grown man is harder to rape. <clears throat> I don't know. Who, where do those statistics I'm come from? This from NSOP.gov. Uh, I'm just quickly skimming through it. Or what neighborhood did they poll to in all these exclusive? Well, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I'm just quick. Speaking to the larger segment of our people, your exact words. That's why you have to talk about the lean. That's why you have, and here we go, owning the negativity. So then you go on to say, when people say Jews, when the Jews refer to themselves, when people talk about Jews, who do they talk about? They say the Jews are lawyers. I said, very interesting that Tommy should say that the Jews are lawyers, and people do say Jews are lawyers, or they may even say Jews are accountants, or maybe even landlords. But you know what they're talking about? The progressive Jews amongst the community. And the community is a group of people in a specific environment that are in conformity to the same edicts and have similar attributes. So if we're talking about a community and you say you're speaking to the largest segment, I then ask you again, the largest segment of who? Only the ones doing the wickedness in our community. But if we go to the Jews, you want to pick out the lawyers in their community. So I want to tell you this. Do you know that Jews lead America in oral circumcisions? This is a fact. So why are we calling Jews cocksuckers? Because they are leading the whole fucking country and sucking baby penises. Because it's part of their religion. But will you call them cocksuckers and speak to the largest segment of the people in America that's sucking on baby penises? Credence. Because someone could bring a fact to a table and the other person can insult that person. But the crowd is so stupid that the person who insulted the person with the fact just won. We got to cut that out.
So I presume you stopped talking. Uh, I kept humble when you misrepresented my relationship with my mother. I didn't take it personal. I was quiet. No, and I, as soon as you said I misrepresented it, I apologize. I okay. literally said I I thought because when I said I think what you said, and now you then you just got mad at me for it. You know why? It's all right. I don't I don't take it personal. You know why? Because sometimes you just feel like you got to interject just to make something clear. I don't take it personal. If it happens too much times in a row, then I'll say, hey, brother, which I did somewhere in between this whole thing. Hey, brother, you keep cutting me off. And then you just eventually just stop doing it overall. I still don't take it personal. You know why? It's part of the human spirit. And I can see clearly that you respect me. And I clearly respect you. That's why I said sorry and I meant it when I said it to you. I actually meant it. I wouldn't have said it if I didn't mean it. You, you went on further and said some things, and I could respond to it, but it's not worth it. You was in your moment, and you got the right to say what you said. And ultimately, responsible. Whoa. And when you deal, oh, yes. Let me tell you why I say that. <laughs> Let me tell you why women are irresponsible. We because the ghetto, but can we call huh? these generalizations or you just yes, they are generalizations. Yes, sir. Okay. I'm raising two more girls, but in general, women are irresponsible, and I can and I just gave you reasons right. why because they have someone because yep. someone will pick up for them. Meaning, a woman doesn't have to be strong if she can't open a door. Some idiot's gonna come open it for her. What a woman? Does, well, why do you have to be idiot though? <laughs> I'm just saying because that be, we, because what if that woman's strong enough and he go over there and pull and his back muscle out just to open that door for that woman? No, what are you talking about? Listen, I'm, hold on, wait. Hold on, hold on. I'm, I'm texting to get the links out, but I'm I'm thinking I'm missing something. I might have missed something. Just just reverse a little bit about the idiot who might. Blow his back out. No, she's wondering why I call him an idiot. I'm oh. saying because he doesn't know this woman. It's like a, a young boy in Chicago. Some dude starts shooting. The young boy threw himself in front of the women, the girls. He's 15. They shot him and killed him. He's hailed a hero. Well, what if them girls grow up to be whores and he was going to be an engineer? The engineer's dead, but the horse still alive. But we're praising him for doing this because they were females. No other reason. They had no redeeming qualities other than being female. I like Serena Williams and flaunts her white man in front of your black ass. And nobody says a word. Nobody bans her. Oh, uh, excuse me. Last I checked, um, the, the bitch who do all that writing who died, what's her name? She had two damn white husbands. Not one, but two. She's still the greatest. I'll go back to Diane Carroll. No one ever said they were going to boycott Diane Carroll's shows. Nobody said they was going to boycott Whoopi. And she let her white man call niggas niggas. She said it was funny. She took up for that white man. I'll name you every black woman that's got a white man. Nobody told Janet. We ain't gonna buy no more Janet music. Maya Angelou, thank you. 
My Angelou niggas love my Angelou. Has she loved white dick? Married two white men. But let a black man, Todd Gurley, he took a fucking picture with a white bitch. Just a picture. Michael B. Moore had to come out and tell people he does date black women because the nigga took a picture with a white bitch. This makes no sense. So that woman you call God has no problem with swirling her ass off. Got a website called Swirling. Ghetto gaggers sucking the shit up. And then when the child is born, sustain the connectivity with the child that knows her as far as sustenance is concerned. What exactly are we asking for, Tommy? What exactly are we talking about here? You say you blame the person that is there. You don't blame the person that is not there. Your words. You blame the person that is there. It makes sense until we realize the other person is the father. What the hell are we talking about here? So we've just made a special concession to the men. So since she gets the house, she gets the blame. And since the man don't get the house, he gets to be absent of blame. Is that what we're saying? Never said that. I said I specifically said I put more of the onus. That's what I said. No problem. I could accept that. And you also said you blame the person that's there. Because they're because they're the ones they had the option of more than this other one. They take the they want it. If I say, look, I want to be the one to not only coach the team but pick the players then you're going to blame me more than you blame the owner. You, you, you're going to blame me because I had my hands on it. I was able to pick and choose who external being. What do I mean by this? I don't know if I want to be upset that the woman is more likely to get housing when children are made knowing that the woman has to have the child growing inside of her for nine months and then presumably make sure she maternally connects with the child when the child comes out because the child has only been inside of her for nine months. I don't think she should just let the child be born and give the child away somewhere. I believe society has to prepare certain or make certain kinds of accommodations for women since they go through a process that is indifferent from the process men go through once the semen hits the ovum. ovum. Once the spermatozoa hits the ovum. Let's be for real. Unless we want the women on the damn street when things get hard. Concessions should be made to the being that has to in-house the baby, in-house the fetus, pardon me, 
possibly breastfeed the child. And even if that woman doesn't breastfeed the child, the child has been connecting with the mother internally for nine months. Are we suggesting that conditions shouldn't be as good as we can make? Our people, black women, what you can look up, this is what we can do. When a woman is born, she's born with all the OV cells she'll ever have. This means that women are born potentially with all the children they will ever have. Kind of like reptilian in nature, they have a bunch of eggs. Only thing is, it's almost like something got named and they release an eggs at a time during their menstrual cycle, right? That's a whole nother conversation. But it stands to reason for me that not only should we consider the emotions that diffuse into the child when the woman is conceiving that child, we should also consider that she's born with all the potential entities that will become the child one day. Which means, here we go, we're going to use this term, epigenetics. Epigenetics stipulates that the children are summation of the women's experiences. How about that one? Found it. No problem. 58% 58% of all murder victims were son of the son, uh, 58.8, 49.2 were females, uh, in the, in the black race. Uh, you ain't never heard no nigga say that about his daddy. Hell, the best thing happened is my dad realized he wasn't shit. So he just left. But don't you think that would be a good thing too? If your dad know he ain't shit, that he's not in your life? Why the fuck would you force a nigga that ain't shit to be a dad? Think about this. The nigga know he ain't shit. Why would he be forced to be in a kid's life? You got niggas right now saying that I'm a child molester, saying that, I'm a rapist. And then the next thing they'll turn around and say is, where your other kids at? If I'm a child molesting a rapist, why the fuck would you want me around any kids? Because we just want to fuck with the dude. We don't want to say anything about the mom because our mom is black and because she's had reign and rule for 40 years. So you can't question her. Just like you can't question Jews when it comes to Hollywood. I talk about the system. I talk about Jews. I'm the only fucking fool who'll do it. Well, other than you. <laughs> and I do it and they look at me like I'm crazy. And the other so-called pro-blacks will duck the shit out of the Jew question. But I'm supposed to be the coon. But I'm the only one that'll bring up, do you understand what the system is doing? To wrap up this. The system is the main motherfucker that's trying to break up. It sounds like it makes sense. Just like it appears people are doing the wrong thing. 
It's all perspective. It's all perspective. And that you are entitled to. <clears throat> what we have to be careful of, my brother, when we say things like black women are irresponsible, fine. If we're going to make that generalization, we have to now ask, were we cultured into a state of irresponsibility as a race, more especially in the case of the black woman? That's the difference between our approaches, remember. If we're going to say that this is a state, which is you've been shot, you're irresponsible. I have to get you to notice you've been irresponsible, that you've been shot. Because if you keep walking around and not noticing that you've been shot, you're just going to bleed out. The black community has too many people bleeding out because they have no idea they've even been injured. So I have to get the alcoholic to recognize that alcoholism is a problem before they'll even know why they drink. So I feel you. And I think the difference is people are not understanding. I understand where you're coming from. You just don't understand that I'm telling you, I cannot get this patient to enter a, a, a AA meeting if they don't think drinking is wrong. Purpose, a person, and then the argument going on to say, hey, you know what? You guys are winning votes because you got more slaves. Hey, we can get more votes if we can start counting these people as people. After we've bought it for the right to be free, fighting in their war. Hundreds of years of this kind of chaos, this kind of degradation, dilapidation, destitution, and by that we mean for y'all out there, extreme poverty. When we say things like, we are the only race, we say it as though we are totally oblivious to black people's plight, having suffered an acculturation process, living in their diaspora here in America, America, the hells of America. We talk like we're totally oblivious to the things that have transpired that has brought us to this very moment. That's one. That's one. We got to get that out the way. We are not just acting the way we're acting. Can I stop you for a second? Real quick. No, no, I just got to say something for everybody that's out there. Go ahead. Clemson just won. Yeah. Clemson just won a national championship. Go ahead. What? Okay. Clemson just beat him on the last second. Part one, chapter two of the Kama Sutra by Vatsyayana. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain and is read by Mark Smith of Simpsonville, South Carolina. The Kama Sutra by Vatsyayana, Part 1, Chapter 2 On the Acquisition of Dharma, Artha, and Kama. Man, the period of whose life is 100 years, should practice Dharma, Artha and Kema at different times, and in such a manner that they may harmonize together and not clash in any way. 
he should acquire learning in his childhood, in his youth and middle age he should attend to Artha and Kama, and in his old age he should perform Dharma and thus seek to gain Moksha, i.e., release from further transmigration. Or, on account of the uncertainty of life, he may practice them at times when they are enjoined to be practiced. But one thing is to be noted. He should lead the life of a religious student until he finishes his education. Dharma is obedience to the command of the Shastra or Holy Writ of the Hindus to do certain things, such as the performance of sacrifices, which are not generally done because they do not belong to this world and produce no visible effect, and not to do other things, such as eating meat, which is often done because it belongs to this world and has visible effects. Dharma should be learnt from the Shruti, Holy Writ, and from those conversant with it. Artha is the acquisition of arts, land, gold, cattle, wealth, equipages, and friends. It is further the protection of what is acquired and the increase of what is protected. Artha should be learnt from the king's officers and from merchants who may be versed in the ways of commerce. Kama is the enjoyment of appropriate objects by the five senses of hearing, feeling, seeing, tasting, and smelling, assisted by the mind together with the soul. The ingredient in this is a peculiar contact between the organ of sense and its object, and the consciousness of pleasure which arises from that contact is called Kama. Kama is to be learnt from the Kama Sutra, aphorisms on love, and from the practice of citizens. When all the three, Dharma, Artha, and Kama, come together, the former is better than the one which follows it. That is, Dharma is better than Artha, and Artha is better than Kama. But Artha should be always first practiced by the king, for the livelihood of men is to be obtained from it only. Again, Kama being the occupation of public women, they should prefer it to the other two, and these are exceptions to the general rule. Objection 1. Some learned men say that as Dharma is connected with things not belonging to this world, it is appropriately treated of in a book, and so also is Artha, because it is practiced only by the application of proper means, and a knowledge of those means can only be obtained by study and from books. But Kama being a thing which is practiced even by the brute creation, and which is to be found everywhere, does not want any work on the subject. Answer. This is not so. Sexual intercourse, being a thing dependent on man and woman, requires the application of proper means by them, and those means are to be learnt from the Kama Shastra. The non-application of proper means, which we see in the brute creation, is caused by their being unrestrained, and by the females among them only being fit for sexual intercourse at certain seasons and no more, and by their intercourse not being preceded by thought of any kind. Objection 2. The Lokayaktika say, Religious Jews being doctors and lawyers. The largest segment of basketball are black people. That's why they make jokes about the NBA being black. <coughs> I was only preaching to the larger segment of black people because apparently homosexuality is not okay in the black community and black people talk crap about it. 
not believing in Jesus is not okay in the black community. You can get a woman to walk away from a date table by saying you don't believe in Jesus. But it's hard to get some black people to disown you because you say you do. It's hard to get some black people to get mad at you because you say you do like big asses. So the point is I'm speaking to the larger narrative. You would not be able to rap about these certain things and these things wouldn't go platinum and these shows wouldn't be sold out if these thought processes were not shared amongst the larger group. So I'm speaking towards that larger group that these things are hurting in large numbers like fatherlessness. Well, you grew up with a father. So should you not talk about fatherlessness fatherlessness as it is a problem because you grew up with them because you had one or does that help embolden you as much as the person who didn't have one because you know the difference between you and the guy who didn't have one you see how a lot of your friends who didn't have one might have acted or whatever the case may be Chapter 13 of Discourses on the First Decade of Titus Livius, Book 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Mirendo07. Discourses on the First Decade of Titus Livius, Book 2 by Niccolo Machiavelli. Translated by Ninian Hill Thompson. Chapter 13. That men rise from humble to high fortunes rather by fraud than by force. I hold it as most certain that men seldom, if ever, rise to great place from small beginnings without using fraud or force, unless indeed they be given or take by inheritance the place to which some other has already come. Force, however, will never suffice by itself to effect this end, while fraud often will, as anyone may plainly see who reads the lives of Philip of Macedon, Agathocles of Sicily, and many others like them who, from the lowest or, at any rate, from very low beginnings, rose either to sovereignty or to the highest command. This necessity for using deceit is taught by Xenophon in his life of Cyrus, for the very first expedition on which Cyrus is sent against the king of Armenia is seen to teem with fraud, and it is by fraud and not by force that he is represented as having acquired his kingdom, so that the only inference to be drawn from his conduct, as Xenophon describes it, is that the prince who would accomplish great things must have learned how to deceive. Xenophon, moreover, represents his hero as deceiving his maternal grandsire Cyaxares, king of the Medeans, in a variety of ways, giving it to be understood that without such deceit he could not have reached the greatness to which he came. Nor do I believe that any man born to humble fortunes can be shown to have attained great station by sheer and open force, whereas this has often been effected by mere fraud such as that used by Giovanni Galeazzo to deprive his uncle Bernabo of the state and government of Lombardy. The same arts which princes are constrained to use at the outset of their career must also be used by commonwealths until they have grown powerful enough to dispense with them and trust to strength alone. And because Rome at all times, whether from chance or choice, followed all such methods as are necessary to attain greatness, in this also she was not behindhand. 
and to begin with, she could have used no greater fraud than was involved in her method above noticed of making for herself companions, since under this name she made for herself subjects, for such the Latins and the other surrounding nations in fact became. For availing herself at first of their arms to subdue neighboring countries and gain herself reputation as a state, her power was so much increased by these conquests that there was none whom she could not overcome. But the Latins never knew that they were enslaved until they saw the Samnites twice rooted and forced to make terms. This success, while it added greatly to the fame of the Romans among princes at a distance, who were thereby made familiar with the Roman name, though not with the Roman arms, bred at the same time jealousy and distrust among those who, like the Latins, both saw and felt these arms. And such were the effects of this jealousy and distrust, that not the Latins only, but all the Roman colonies in Latium, among with the companions, whom a little while before the Romans had defended, leagued them together against the authority of Rome. This war was set on foot by the Latins in the manner in which, as I have already explained, most wars are begun, not by directly attacking the Romans, but by defending the Sidicinians against the Samnites who were making war upon them with the permission of the Romans. And that it was from there... Speaking to the larger segment of our people, your exact words, that's why you have to talk about the league. That's why you have, and here we go, owning the negativity. So then you go on to say, when people say Jews, when the Jews refer to themselves, when people talk about Jews, who do they talk about? They say the Jews are lawyers. I said very interesting that Tommy should say that the Jews are lawyers, and people do say Jews are lawyers, or they may even say Jews are accountants, or maybe even landlords. But you know what they're talking about? The progressive Jews amongst the community. And the community is a group of people in a specific environment that are in conformity to the same edicts and have similar attributes. So if we're talking about a community and you say you're speaking to the largest segment, I then ask you again, the largest segment of who? Only the ones doing the wickedness in our community. But if we go to the Jews, you want to pick out the lawyers in their community. So I want to tell you this. Do you know that Jews lead America in oral circumcisions? This is a fact. So why are we calling Jews cocksuckers? Because they are leading the whole fucking country and sucking baby penises. Because it's part of their religion. But will you call them cocksuckers and speak to the largest segment of the people in America that's sucking on baby penis?